This morning's message is a testimony message, and I've entitled it, What's in it for me? Listening practice part three. (laughs) So this morning, I want to continue to talk to you about hearing God through reading the Bible. So this is going to be a testimony message containing lots of my personal stories about how I learned to hear God and to recognize his voice. And sometimes when I do a testimony message, I try to steer clear of them because I feel like I just don't give you enough scripture. (laughs) But there was power in a testimony. All the things you're going to hear me talk about this morning are absolutely true. And no one can take away from the validity of how Christ reveals himself to me. And if Christ can reveal himself to me in powerful ways, guess what? He can reveal himself to you in powerful ways. And that's the whole point of being encouraged. To hearing somebody else's testimony. Let me tell you what my Jesus did. Let me tell you how good he is. Let me tell you how much Papa loves you. Let me tell you. So you can be encouraged too. That's what Michelle's word was about. Be encouraged. Be encouraged about how your father sees you. Be encouraged about how to see yourself in him. Be encouraged. So that's my encouragement. I want you to be encouraged. The single most important thing we can do on any given day, at any given time, is to hear God. And so many believers struggle with hearing God for themselves, which is why I've been talking about practicing our listening to the voice of God, especially when we read the Word. The first time I ministered on listening practice, I gave everybody homework. And I asked you to put into practice what I talked about. I had shared with you about how I practice listening for the voice of God when I read the Word. Now, when I say listening practice, it includes the understanding that we hear God within our thoughts and within our unction. (laughs) And we can and should practice listening for the voice of God through both. God really does speak to us through our thoughts, the thoughts He brings to our minds, and He also speaks to us in that place of unction. That place of knowing, that inkling, that intuition, that little nudge that comes from down deep inside of us. It's when something, quote unquote, is telling you to do something in particular, and you know it's not coming from you. That's unction. Now, like I said previously, the single most important thing we do on any given day, at any given time, is hear and recognize the voice of God. So, of course, the more we practice listening and recognizing his voice, the better we get at it. And the better we get at it, the more we can walk in step with what God wants for us and for others. Hearing and recognizing the voice of God can be actually life-saving in more than one way. (laughs) I want to tell you a couple of stories where hearing the voice of God was either life-saving or life-changing. And I'm talking about other than coming to Christ. One of the first experiences I had with hearing God in a dramatic way involves my daughter, Sarah. When she was about 18 months old, I had put her down for a nap. It was summertime and it was hot outside, so I thought, well, I would move her crib closer to the window, no air conditioning, so she could get a breeze while she's having her nap. And then I went downstairs to go do the dishes and clean up the kitchen, and all of a sudden I heard inside of me, Hurry! Sarah's trying to climb out the second story window! I guess what I did? I hurried (laughs) myself right upstairs, and sure enough, she was on her way out the second story window. She had pushed out the screen and was trying to follow the screen out onto a ledge. 
Now, until that day, Sarah had never tried to escape from her crib <laughs> because it was too big of a drop to get to the floor and she was afraid of falling. So I hadn't thought about her trying to escape from her crib when I moved it closer to the window. When I moved it closer to the window, I had moved it closer to the dresser. And that little stinker figured out she could climb out of her crib and onto the dresser. And look, there's outside. I love outside. Let's go outside and play. <laughs> I was so thankful. I heard and recognized the voice of God as the voice of God. So I thought, you know, it is just like my father for him to tell me what to do first. Hurry! If he had said, Sarah's trying to climb out the window, I would have logicked it away. But because of the way he said it to me, I recognized it was him. What God gave me that day is what Scripture calls a word of knowledge. <laughs> there was no way in the natural for me to have known what Sarah was doing. This was before the day of baby monitors. And if God hadn't said, hurry, I might have completely ignored it and lost my baby girl that day. What I love about this is I didn't have to do anything to hear him. He made me hear him. God can make us hear him. So often we are so afraid, I'm going to miss you, God. I'm going to miss you. He's like, really, I can be loud. <laughs> I can get in your face. I can get your attention. I can make you hear. But we get so afraid we're going to miss him. And all that fear and unbelief crowds out the voice of God. If we just rest and know, I am his child. I hear and know his voice. We get better at recognizing it when he speaks to us. Now, there was another day, many years later, when God gave me another word of knowledge that was life-changing. One day he told me that my soon-to-be ex-husband was going to empty our one and only bank account and leave me without any money to pay the rent, make the car payment, or buy groceries for the family. God told me to get up early the next day and go to the bank and withdraw what was in our account and put it into an account in my name only, which I did. And sure enough, <laughs> later that day, my soon-to-be ex-husband <laughs> came home in a rage wanting to know where all the money was. Now, all the money was all of about $800, <laughs> and it was all we had to live on for the entire month. And he had gone to the bank to withdraw it and found that there wasn't anything in the account. He was furious, and he wanted to know why I did this. And, oh, by the way, how did you know I was going to do that? <laughs> how did you know I was going to take all the money? So I had to tell him. <laughs> God told me, my father loves me. My father can tell me what's coming so that I can go around the misfortunes that others have planned for me. <laughs> <laughs> He was sort of stunned by the whole thing. He just could not figure out how I could really know what he was planning to do. Even in the face of, look, God has circumvented your evil plan. <laughs> Why don't you accept that this is the voice of the living God who knows what you're doing and can tell somebody else? God gave me a word of knowledge, what he was going to do, and he gave me a word of wisdom, how to fix it. And you know what I had to do to get it? Nothing. Nothing. He is able to make us hear. He is able to make us understand what he wants to convey to us. We really do underestimate how much God wants to help us, save us, protect us, guide us, and direct us through hearing and recognizing his voice. When God spoke these life-changing things to me, it wasn't through a scripture. 
And that's kind of strange because I'm wanting to encourage you to read your Bible, okay? <laughs> but there wasn't a scripture for your soon-to-be ex-husband's going to steal all your money. There's no scripture for that. Or hey, Habakkuk 14.9 says your daughter's going to fall out the second story window. There is no such scripture. God didn't speak to me in a scripture. Now, does God speak to me in scripture? All the time. But I learned to recognize his everyday voice and his everyday conversation with me because I learned to hear him through reading the word. I learned the sound of his voice. I learned the emphasis of his voice by reading the word. When the Holy Spirit makes something jump off of the page and grab you by the neck and sometimes wrestle you to the floor (laughs) so that you get what he's trying to tell you. That's what happens when we spend time with God in the word. We learn to recognize. So it doesn't matter if he brings a scripture or if he just says, hey, your baby's going to fall out the window. Do something about it. We recognize it's him and we can operate and act on that. I learned to recognize the voice of God through reading the Word. There is no substitute for reading the Word. You would not know who Jesus is apart from the Word. You would not know who you are apart from the Word. We cannot go through life with our Bible sitting on the nightstand. It is a living Word. It will speak to you about anything and everything in your life. God wants to say things to us, but sometimes we're too busy thinking our own thoughts. And we don't take the time to set aside and hear what He wants to say to us. And you know what He wants to say to us? Good things! Good things! He wants to encourage us that He has everything under control, that we can trust Him with our tomorrow, and we can trust Him with our provision, and we can trust Him with our healing, and we can trust Him with our very life and the lives of our loved ones. He wants to encourage us to have faith in His voice. God's voice through His written Word is like a tuning fork. When read correctly, It has perfect pitch, and it produces an accurate tone by which we can recognize God's voice as God's voice. The problem many believers have is that they don't understand the context of what they read, and so they misinterpret what they read. One of the primary things we need to remember when reading the Bible, uh, to hear God for ourselves, or when we're reading the Bible to understand the Bible, is that the Bible is not written to us. It was written for us makes a big difference. The Bible is a series of communications written to other people. (laughs) But for our learning, in Romans 15, 4, the Apostle Paul says this, For whatever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that through patience and comfort of the Scriptures we might have hope. Paul is talking primarily about the Old Testament Scriptures. Most of the new ones hadn't been written yet. There is much for us to learn from the Old Testament, but we need to know how to interpret what we read. We can't just read somebody else's mail and expect that it all pertains to us. A few years ago, our youngest son, Tanner, who was about 18 or 19 years old at the time, received a Christmas gift from a relative who had gotten his gift mixed up with somebody else's. So he opened this gift and he was very surprised to find a small wooden choo-choo train. (laughs) He looked at it in puzzlement, like, why did you buy me a choo-choo train? (laughs) And you could tell from his face, he's trying to figure out, what's the point 
of this toy, this children's toy being given to a young adult. And he figured out that the person who gave it hadn't really picked it out for him. He was not the intended recipient. What he did was he, he was gracious. He chuckled. He said thank you. You know, he opened it and played with it. <laughs> he understood that the gift wasn't originally intended for him. So he wasn't offended and he wasn't upset. He understood it was just a mix-up. But if the giver of the gift had actually intended to give him a child's toy, then he might have had reason to be offended or insulted. But because he knew he was not the intended recipient, he could just laugh it off. He knew it didn't pertain to him. It wasn't supposed to speak to him. <laughs> it wasn't a comment on his intellectual ability. <laughs> it was not intended for him. In the same way, if we don't understand who a scripture was originally intended for and its original purpose, we can receive a faulty interpretation, whereby we receive, like Tanner, a gift or a message that was never intended for us. When I first started reading my Bible a bazillion years ago, <laughs> I didn't divide what I read into different covenants. And that's probably one of the most important things we need to do when trying to understand what God is trying to say to us personally through his word. Whether we're studying the word or just reading it devotionally, we have to know what belongs to us and what doesn't. We need to know what's in it for us. If we don't understand what belongs to us and what doesn't belong to us, we will misunderstand the communication and we'll take on things like guilt and shame and condemnation, things that were never meant to belong to us. We also most likely will find ourselves falling back into old covenant mindsets like doing good in order to become acceptable to God the Father instead of understanding that Jesus has made us acceptable to the Father through the cross. And now, as believer, good works are the fruit of our relationship, both with the Father and Jesus the Son. The number one thing we need to remember when reading devotionally is that we have to read through the lens of the new covenant of grace and interpret according what is in it for us today, not what was intended for someone else back then. Now, a few weeks ago, I gave everybody homework. <laughs> I asked you to ask God to speak to you through his word regarding our church. It was listening practice homework, and you guys did awesome. You did an awesome job. You heard God, and you reported your results, and we shared them with the church, and it was awesome. I love giving you homework. <laughs> I love that. I love seeing you put into practice something that you've heard God say. But I did notice that there was a few of us that had a hard time with the homework. We definitely heard where the Holy Spirit led us to read, but we were totally baffled about how to make sense of what we read. We heard by the Spirit, but the scripture itself didn't seem to make any sense in regards to triumphant grace. Sometimes we are looking so intently and so closely at a scripture that we miss what the big picture of, of that particular passage says. Sometimes we forget to ask the question, what is this passage actually talking about? Before we then ask the question, what's in it for me? <laughs> Sometimes we jump right into, what's in it for me? What's it, uh, God's going to talk to me. What's in it for me? But we have to understand what he meant the first time he said it. <laughs> what was the intended recipient? What did he mean then? And then we can say, oh, what's in it for me? 
I did it. The first scripture the Lord gave me for Heather was in Jeremiah. And it was all about how Jeremiah was being accused of being a false prophet and all these false accusations flying around. And I'm thinking, this is not for Heather. <laughs> I must not have heard God. Close that up. I'll practice again tomorrow. <laughs> and that's the great thing about God. Is you can always practice again tomorrow. You can practice again in five minutes. God always shows up for reading practice, devotion practice, worship practice, prayer practice, hearing God practice. God always shows up for whatever we're willing to practice in our relationship with him. He's always willing to walk us through what he has for us. Now, I had heard by the unction of the Holy Spirit where to read, but when I didn't see that sentence, that thing, jump out at me, I didn't take the big picture approach. I'm looking, I know this is where God told me to read. No, she's not a false prophet. I don't know how this applies. <laughs> keep reading, keep reading. Mm, I don't see it. You see, if the interpretation, what God speaks to us, doesn't come from us. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes by him revealing it to me. And since I didn't see it, I went for the, what's in it for Heather? <laughs> I didn't see it right away. I just closed the book and said, I'll do it again tomorrow. Some of you did the same thing. I know Sarah, her scripture was Deuteronomy 12. Deuteronomy is a book of law. (laughs) And she's like, I don't see how this can refer to triumphant grace. So what did she do? She closed the book. But you know what? She knew that's exactly where God led her. But because she didn't understand what he was saying through the scripture, she just threw the whole thing out. (laughs) I don't know. Not my problem. (laughs) And sometimes we do the same thing. When we don't get an answer from God, it's like, I don't know. We set it aside. We don't have to do that. What was interesting, I love this, God's always willing to help you again. To help you try to hear again. Try to help you understand again. So the next day when I went and I said, okay, I'm listening for a word for Heather. He gave me a completely different word. And even with that one, I could see, yep, he doesn't want her to be disappointed, but this other stuff, God, you're going to have to explain. And he did. And then he went one step further and said, you know where you read last night? It does pertain to her. (laughs) All of this with the Holy Spirit's interpretation came forth in the way it was supposed to. Now, what was interesting is that after that service, when I prophesied over Heather, I found out that Heather is already doing the things that I prophesied about. (laughs) She was already using an art form to prophesy, speak the word of God into somebody else's life. I did not know that. (laughs) But what did God do? He encouraged her in something she didn't even know she was called to be doing, but she was already doing. (laughs) God loves to encourage us in the things he calls us to. God loves to prophesy through his children to one another. God loves us to encourage one another with what God is saying in his word. God confirms what God says through more of his word and through more of encouragement from other people too. One of my favorite reports though that we received is from the children. I love that the children had listening practice because the most important thing we will ever do at any given day, at any given time is hear God. And if we teach that to our children, it is the most important skill they will ever learn in their entire life. That God is a talking God and God will talk to me and I don't have to face anything alone. That's the most important thing we can ever teach any human being. 
but especially I love that she's teaching her children how to hear God, not only by the unction, but by the word. Both. <laughs> not one or the other, but both. That the spirit and the word go hand in hand. That is so, so terribly important. What's really, I think, is interesting is even little Faithy, is she five or six? She did turn six. Okay, so she can read a little bit. This little baby girl doesn't even read all the way yet. It's not a great skill for her, but her mom is still teaching her. This is where we go to hear what Papa God wants to say. We go to the Word, even if we need help. We go to the Word, because the Word is reliable. You are setting your children up for the success that you want them to have. It is the most important thing I've ever seen in any Christian's life. If they know that they know they can go to the Word and hear God for themselves, that they don't have to run after every prophet, that God will speak to me for me about my stuff. God will lead me and guide me and direct me. Those are the people who I see are successful in their walk. You know the ones I see that crash and burn? Sometimes I see really powerful spiritual people, prophetic people even, but they get away from the Word. They don't take what they think they hear God saying to the Word. And I see them making big mistakes because they're following what they think is the Spirit, but they haven't had God confirm it in His Word. They have set aside sometimes the Word for worship. You know what? I absolutely adore worship. God talks to me in worship all the time. But you know what I have to do? I have to take what He tells me in worship back to the Word. The Word is my plumb line. The Word tells me if what I've heard is from Him or if it's from myself or if it's from an enemy. I cannot set aside the Word. The Word is our foundation. The Word is the only reason we know Jesus. We cannot set aside the Word. It's way too important for everyday life. For everyday life. We have to have time in God's Word. When thinking about your kids, hearing by the unction of the Holy Spirit and going to the Word and finding the scriptures, I thought about the old adage that says, if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. And unfortunately, way too many believers don't know how to fish in the river of God's Word. They haven't learned to feed themselves every day on God's Word and God's communication to us through His Word by His Spirit. I like what Andrew Womack says. God is always on. He never turns off. That means he's always talking, or he's willing to. <laughs> he's always releasing his power, always. God never turns off. He's always available. His word, his power, and his spirit are always available. And God is always willing to communicate us. In fact, he is always communicating to us, even when we don't realize it. So, these little girls are learning to hear God for themselves through God's Word, and it really is the most important thing they will ever learn. Once we know that we can and do hear God, it changes the way we approach every situation, because we never have to face anything alone. Our Father, our Jesus, our Holy Spirit, they are always with us and in us to lead us into all truth. He is the Good Shepherd who leads us into green pastures and still waters. And he does it through his voice, his word, and his spirit. Now, each of Heather and Steve's little girls, they each received the scripture from the Lord. They practiced listening with unction. They found the scripture in the word, but they couldn't interpret. You see, it is by the Holy Spirit 
Now, see, I know Heather. I know she's comfortable with the prophetic. So when she saw what the Lord gave her kids, she's like, woohoo, my baby's here, God. Because <laughs> she could see into the scriptures what the Lord was saying through them. They still need to learn by the Holy Spirit to look into it. God, what are you saying through this? And I know the little ones are still little, but I asked the oldest, Mercy, I said, what do you think God is saying in that? And she's like, oh no, I was hard enough to hear God to get the scripture. <laughs> now I gotta hear what God's gonna say about it. Yeah, you see, it's all by faith. And if we know we can try again, over and over and over. When mama says, yes, baby girl, you heard God just right. Confidence builds that I too can hear God. That is so very, very important for our children. And we're all adults as well. <laughs> what I loved about all the scriptures, not only could you see that the little girls, they all actually heard what the Holy Spirit was saying, and that they heard correctly, is that they cooperated, they were in agreement with the other scriptures that everybody else brought forth. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and read all of those because we'd be here for an hour. <laughs> but most of us have heard most of them. My plan is to put them all down and give them to you. I haven't yet done that. I had a big week. <laughs> but that is my plan. But I love, 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 love that we're teaching our children to hear God. I can't tell you how many lives I've seen over my 40 years of being a Christian where people crashed and burned in their lives because their Bible stayed on the nightstand. They were too busy to take time to hear God for themselves. It is so vitally important. There is nothing that can replace the Word of God. Sometimes we think we're not hearing what God is saying because we haven't taken the time to let the Holy Spirit give us the understanding or interpretation of whatever the Lord has led us to. And sometimes we will misunderstand what the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal to us. And because that is the case, that sometimes our own desires, our own thoughts, and our own interpretations can turn us in the wrong direction, the Word of God tells us how to safeguard ourselves against walking in misunderstanding or misinterpretation. In Matthew 18, 16, Jesus says this, But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And the word for word is the word rhema, a spoken word. In this context, this is adversarial. Basically, someone is not in agreement with somebody else. <laughs> and Jesus says, get two or three witnesses to witness what transpires so that the truth will be established and made clear. And the Apostle Paul says the exact same thing in 2 Corinthians 13.1. The Apostle Paul says, this is the third time I am coming to you. He's warning them. <laughs> this is the third time. <laughs> in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. And the word is rhema, a spoken word. Established means to make clearer or to confirm to be true, which is why God loves to confirm his word. He wants to make it clearer. He wants us to know that what we're hearing is truly him. Jesus and the Apostle Paul were quoting from Deuteronomy 19, 19 verse 15 says this, One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin, in any sin that he sinneth, at the mouth of two witnesses 
or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. The point of this scripture was that no one person, no one voice, no one person's testimony could be used against another person. It took the testimony of two or three witnesses to prove or establish what was true. Whatever a witness said had to be corroborated by at least two or more witnesses. Now this principle has been extremely helpful for me over the years. God loves to confirm his word. That's why he gave them this principle. You don't just necessarily go on one voice. Unless you know that you know, like God gives you a scripture and you know that you know, like when God yells in your ear, hurry, <laughs> your baby's crawling out the window. When you know that that's him, that's different. But when we're making decisions, when we're making life decisions, when we're looking into the future and we think God is saying something, we need for him to corroborate that so that we know that we're hearing correctly. God doesn't want us guessing about his direction in our lives. So God is faithful to bear witness in our spirit and through his written word and in and through other believers and even in and through circumstances. God loves to say the same thing to us over and over and over and over and over and over and over as many times as we need him to say it so that we get it, that we know that we know. I know I heard God like six times on this. I know this is God. <laughs> Good. That's what he wants because he wants you to have confidence that you've heard him and you know his will for your life. Point is, if we are not sure about something, it's okay to ask God to say it again. We can ask God, I think you're saying X, Y, and Z, but please confirm it. He loves to confirm his word because he knows that we have a hard time trusting ourselves. You know, we're like, God, I know you're big. I know you're good, but some days, you know, Lord, not so trusting myself here. He knows our struggles. So it is always wise to get a corroborating word from God. Proverbs 11:14 says this, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude or abundance of counselors, there is safety. This actually means where there is no steerage. It's a boating term. <laughs> where there is no counsel, where there is no one helping you steer, people fall. They make bad decisions. <laughs> so he says to prevent making the bad decisions, to prevent the falls, we need a multitude of counselors. In a multitude of hearing God in different ways, there is safety. We don't have to make big, terrible decisions. <laughs> we don't have to, have to make small, terrible decisions. We can listen to the Holy Spirit. Many, many years ago, a dear friend of mine was concerned about his young son, who was about 10 to 12 years old. He wanted to play football. But his son had had a serious trauma to his head when he was a baby. And so he wasn't sure if playing football was a good idea. But his entire family was crazy about football. Go Packers, you know, it, all out parties. It's Packer Day, yay. And his son wanted to play football more than anything. And he's like, oh, I don't know if this is a good idea. And so he took his son to the doctor and the doctor said, yeah, he should be okay to play. So. He had mentioned his concern to me, so I had taken it to prayer. And the Lord said to him that it would be okay for him to play football. And I was like, oh, okay, God. Because you know what? That wasn't what God told me. And I tried to tell God, this is none of my business. <laughs> He's the parent. That's his child. This is none of my concern. <laughs> Especially since I know how crazy they all are about football. So at first, I didn't say anything. You know, I didn't want to be a Budinsky. I mean, who am I 
just a child of God who thinks I've heard God. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's right. Maybe I misunderstood. <laughs> but God, and that little nudging of his, <laughs> nudge, 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 nudge. Tell him, tell him, tell him. And I thought, well, I'll get a second opinion. I'll get a corroborating word. I went to my prayer buddy. This is what I hear God saying. It's totally different than what he thinks God is saying. What do you think I should do about this? So she prayed about it. She says, just tell him. <laughs> so what if you're wrong? Just tell him what you think God is saying. So I did. And I kind of got the response I figured I would get. Thanks. No thanks. <laughs> That's very nice of you. Pretty sure it's okay. Okay. Who am I? None of my business, right? <laughs> well, his son did play football that year, and he never got an injury to his head. However, he did have a severe injury to his pelvis. He had to have major surgery and was in a cast for several months. When that happened, I realized I had underestimated the power of hearing God. Here I had a word that God said to me over and over and over again, but because I thought, it's none of my business, Jesus. <laughs> Who am I to tell them what you're saying? Who am I? Who am I? Someone who loves them and their family. Someone who cares about them. No, I can't convince them one way or the other. They have to take it to the Lord. But perhaps, if I had taken it more seriously, if I had said, I know technically this is none of my business. God is really putting this on my heart. Would you please... Would you please take this to God again? If I had taken it more seriously, perhaps they would have taken it more seriously and avoided all of that. But you see, we do, we underestimate the power of hearing God. There were lots of reasons for him to not listen to his so-called crazy friend who thought she heard God about something that was none of her business. And the point of all of this is, it's always a good idea to get a second opinion, if you will, to get a confirmation, a second witness. It gives us the confidence we need to share with somebody else what we believe God is saying. God wants us to know his will for our lives, and he loves to assure us that we have heard him. Now, not only can our own desires and logic overtake our ability to hear clearly what God is saying to us, sometimes we just misunderstand what we hear. I have a friend who, years ago, I love this story, she was at church, and the Lord told her, I want you to help that family financially. I want you to give them the $350 that's in the emergency fund in your freezer. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, we don't do that without agreement <laughs> with husband. <laughs> so she goes to husband and says, this is what I think God is saying. Would you pray about it too? Why? Because we want a confirming word. So he prays about it, and he comes back and says, God said $275. And she thought, really? Oh, okay, well, I must have heard wrong. I'll go back to God and seek the Lord again. Lord, I thought you said this. What is it your will? So he says to her, give that family everything that's in the emergency fund, the entire $350. She's like, okay, but why is he coming up with 275? Why are we having a different number here? And the Lord said, ask him what I said exactly. Ask him to repeat to you word for word what I said to him. So she goes to her husband and asks, and he says, oh, that's easy. God said to give them everything that's in the emergency fund. You know, $275. And she's like, no! 
<laughs> That's not how much is in there. <laughs> he heard correctly, and he interpreted through his own understanding. I love that story. That is so us. That is so human. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that's exactly what we do. We hear God exactly perfectly, but we interpret it <laughs> through our own understanding. And it's so important for us to learn to take time to let the Holy Spirit open up what he's saying to us and to share it appropriately. <laughs> I love this story because it reveals how easy it can be to have a misunderstanding or a misinterpretation when we think we're hearing God. But it also shows how easy it is to remove that misunderstanding and confusion by simply getting a second witness, a confirmation from God. God loves for us to hear his voice and recognize that we have heard it. But he knows we're going to make mistakes sometimes, and he doesn't mind. We don't have to be afraid of making mistakes. He is happy to help us with our mistakes. He can even turn our mistakes for good. I love that about him. <laughs> we all need that. <laughs> The most reliable way to know that what we are hearing is from God is to go to the written word. It is the plumb line. It is the truth that can't be found anywhere else. Matthew 4, 4 says this, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If we only knew how absolutely essential the word of God is to us as believers, it is actually more needful than even our earthly daily food. I was saved at about the age of 10, but I knew nothing for the next 10 years. And I didn't grow in anything. I did not grow or mature in the things of the Spirit until I started reading the Word at age 21. It is only through the written Word of God that we can know and understand who our Father is, who our Savior is, who the Holy Spirit is, and even who we are. It is only by the Holy Spirit bringing witness in our spirit that we can even know God at all. The only place to see and hear and know God is through his written word as the Holy Spirit reveals him to us. And the more we know him through his written word, the more we will recognize when he speaks to us in our thoughts and in our unction. I titled this message today, What's in it for me? Referring specifically on how we look at different passages in scripture and how the Holy Spirit ministers the word to us. But really, the question should be in reference to the entire Bible. What's in it for me? I asked myself that. How would I answer that question? What's in God's word for me? The very first word that came to me was life, truth, peace, love, comfort, guidance, Jesus, my Father, the Holy Spirit. The only way we have come to know who Jesus is and who our Father is is through the Holy Spirit bringing the written word of God to life, making it speak to me in a way that I could understand and recognize. What's in it for me? Everything. Everything. What's in it for you? Everything we need to hear from our Father and our Jesus can be found within the pages of the written word with the help of the Holy Spirit. What's in it for you? Everything. Amen? Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is 
all that you say it is. It is a sword and it is a seed and it is food and it is life and it is health and it is prosperity. Your word is all to us. Father, I ask if we are not hungry, that you would make us hungry for your word, that we would run to your word, that we would rejoice in your word, that we would sing your word, that we would read your word, that we would just devour your word. Father God, your word strengthens us, encourages us, helps us, directs us. You use it to do most everything in our lives. So Father God, I ask that you open our understandings to be able to see into the word what is in it for us and what it is you want us to see in it. And Father God, I thank you that you are faithful to do what we ask you to do in reference to your word. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.